On the latest episode of Generation 9-11, we are joined by Joe Pecora, Vice President of the Home Healthcare Workers of America. Joe joins us to detail the difficulties home healthcare workers have experienced during the pandemic. Joe also discusses the increased demand for quality home healthcare workers and what his role has been in trying to help the organization and its members navigate during this difficult time. And finally, what he's most looking forward to when we finally get back to some semblance of normalcy. Here's Joe Pecora. We are joined by Joe Pecora, Vice President of the Home Healthcare Workers of America. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, can you describe who your members are and what kind of work they do? Sure. Thank you for having me uh, today, Brian. Uh, uh, the Home Healthcare Workers of America represents uh, approximately 30,000 uh, workers, primarily women of color, that uh, live and work in the five boroughs of New York City. And home health care, home care workers, exactly what they do. They go to mostly the, the elderly, the infirmed, and they work in their houses and they help. Uh, they help people, you know, part of their daily activity. Uh, they help them, you know, sometimes they, they, they're helping them wash. They're helping them eat. They're uh, doing things in their house. They're helping them take their medicine. Um, some of them stay overnight you know, and watch over them uh, all through that tonight. More often they become part of the family because uh, they are there hour after hour after hour. You know, these, these are very hardworking people. Uh, and again, mostly uh, I would say our population, 95% of home healthcare workers are female and most of them, uh, you know, are minorities uh, in the five boroughs. So what is your role with the union as vice president? What do you do on a daily basis? And what are your, uh, you know, your long-term uh, duties, I, I guess we could say? Part of our duties uh, that we've been doing is, of course, organizing them. Uh, there's still out of the 200,000, almost 200,000 home health care workers um, in New York City uh, alone. Uh, only about half of them are in a union. Um, so we're always out there uh, educating uh, the workers about their rights, uh, having them join the union. So we do a lot of uh, negotiating contracts. And then once, once they're under our contract, we represent them. You know, we get them into our benefits. We get them um, uh, into our union. So there's education. There's, if they have a dispute, they come to us. So there's a grievance and arbitration uh, procedure that we represent uh, the worker. Um, and grievances come in all different areas, but we're here to improve the standard of living of, of the home care uh, worker. So that's, you know, part of, of what we do. Recently, um, of course, with everything uh, going on with the pandemic, it started with getting everyone protective health equipment. So usually at least once a week, uh, I'm in Brooklyn, uh, I'm in the Bronx and our union uh, and other union uh, workers, employees, we're, we're physically handing out masks, uh, we're handing out uh, gloves, 
uh, and other, you know, hand sanitizer, you know, to our members, you know, to make sure that they're safe uh, in, in their workplace. And so you do a lot of work in the tri-state area, correct? On all three states, New For York, Connecticut, yes. New Jersey. I mean, we're in the tri-state area. The, the large part of the membership is in the five boroughs. And so, you know, which was uh, ground zero for a little while during the pandemic. Uh, what what would you say, uh, in your experience, was the most eye-opening uh, part of this? Well, you know, tragically, um, you know, we've lost through this. We've lost uh, 12 aides, you know, uh, through this. Um, and, and just to see, you know, what an aide goes through, you know, throughout the day, um, it is, uh, you know, very hard labor, intensive work. And just walking with the member, you know, they, they don't report to a factory and work uh, nine to five. So during the pandemic, uh, I mean, the large majority, they use mass transit. So, you know, mass transit, you know, people are hesitant, you know, to use it. Uh, during during the pandemic, but that's how these people get to their job, which is at someone's home, right? So they have to go out there. They're putting all their equipment on, you know, uh, so they're going to put a mask on. They're putting gloves on. Uh, I know recently in the news, uh, everyone's talking about double mask. We've been doing that from the beginning, you know, because they go in the public Right. So in the beginning, it was eerie because the streets were empty. The subways were empty. So they were traveling in full PPE to to oh, go yeah. to work. Oh, yeah. I mean, just just think about um, if you're scared to go to your job. OK, because of, a you know, an illness that you can't see. But that starts your exposure starts as soon as you open your front door. OK, your journey uh, starts there. So you have to put your protective equipment on before you leave the house. And then when you get to your job, your exposure increases. So imagine the mental stress, uh, that goes on, on any, on any workers, you know, day, you know, the stress from your job, but that starts before you open your front door. And then when you get to your job, the stress increases because your exposure to a potentially death, uh, deathly virus, okay? And you're gonna be exposed to that one-on-one for, you know, five hours, eight hours, sometimes overnight. So, you know, that that's the one thing, you know, you, you ask, you know, what was I, you know, eye-opening? And it was the mental stress uh, that goes through, you know, for a home health aide. A lot of the time during this, you know, people are rightfully so quarantining themselves. But so a lot of family members weren't seeing other family members. Right. You know, especially with the elderly, they didn't want to expose their mother, their grandmother uh, to, to the virus. So our aides were actually the only human contact these people, you know, were getting. So that's just another level that, you know, we're, we're social beings. You know, we want to be with other people. So when we do, you know, when we, we are, we're in the home, right, with, uh, with the client, you know, we're the only contact, humanly contact that they have. 
And that alone is a lot of stress, you know, to have. Yeah. And I, I think that goes to show just how much of it, you know, just how, how far this pandemic went to affect people's lives. This isn't just about um, one person. This is about families. And, and you know, so in, in kind of talking about that, have we seen an increase, uh, a real increase in the demand for home health care workers since the pandemic started? Uh, or, you know, more so now that, uh, you know, nursing home fatalities are more coming into focus. Has that been kind of the catalyst? I, I well, home health care has been uh, the, the demand for home health care uh, has been increasing. I think the pandemic brought it more uh, to light. You know, even before, you know, the, the demand for it was increasing. Um, but certainly, you know, people are more comfortable in their home. They, they don't want to be in a nursing home. They don't want to be isolated in a nursing home. But certainly with the unfortunate, with the unfortunate uh, fatalities, you know, the, the, the high percentage of deaths, deaths in the nursing homes, everyone is rethinking their long-term care uh, of their loved ones. And what's more, nothing's more, you know, safe than in your home or, you know, moving, you know, if, if they can, moving their loved ones in with them, but they need help, you know, with that. So definitely what's going on in the nursing homes, you know, put even more pressure, uh, you know, on the system as, as a whole that was under stress already, you know, even, even before this, uh, that, you know, uh, we, we can't keep up with, uh, you know, recruiting aides, you know, new home health care. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. You know, there's just not enough uh, aid um, in the home health care system that we're, you know, spending a, a lot of time and resources trying to get more people in and changing the ways, you know, that we do it. You can't bring in and during this, you know, everything went online and we were helping employers you know, switch to online learning. Uh, even one of the union benefits that we have um, is online learning. is is part it comes with the union, you know, benefit because uh, you can't have fifty people in a classroom, you know, dur during the pandemic. And these classes go just on and on and on because we're always we're always training. It's there's no water cooler for a home health aide. Uh, to speak with their coworkers to say, "Hey, are you going through this?" Right. You know, is this the same thing happening? You know, to people you. People take that for granted, being able to commiserate with your colleagues. It, it really, it really is, and and especially um, to have someone that's been on, on the job uh, to be a, a mentor. So we, the union, has been, you know, trying to make those connections with the mentor program all online, kind of like this, like we're on Zoom you know, now and connecting younger aides with more experienced aides, just so they have a, a, a platform to talk on, to share ideas, okay? And, you know, to, as you say, to commiserate, to share their stories of right. what's going on. And um, it's it's been, you could see um, it, it helps. It, it, it helps the mentors. They wanna help other people. They wanna share their stories. Uh, and it helps, you know, the new age say, oh, I I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. And and figure out, you know, how to handle, you know, difficult situations. 
So you talked about how uh, you know, home healthcare workers, uh, a majority uh, of them, or, or a lot of them, take public transit on a daily basis. Have they been prioritized since the beginning for the vaccine? The union uh, appealed um, to the Department of Health, to the governor's office, to be considered uh, frontline workers. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think I was making calls every day and we were very happy with the result that they were considered to be one phase and part of phase 1A, uh, which was, I think, a huge achievement uh, for us and that the home health care workers were recognized uh, with that. So, you know, it, again, our, our workers were exposed to this as soon as they open their front door. So to get that and to move them up to be eligible for the vaccine was a big relief for our entire membership. That led into, okay, now you're eligible. Now you gotta get people to now do it. it. Now now go find it. Yeah. Um, so that's really, uh, that's been our main focus right now is getting the vaccine uh, to our aides uh, who want it. And that's part of an education process on the union's part but have have you been receiving calls about how people can get vaccines do do your members want to be vaccinated as quickly as possible has there been any pushback on that there is a certain percentage of aids that are hesitant to get it um i think they're you know they they want to know more about it. I, I think there's I think there's a, a, a portion of the population in general natural hesitant uh, yeah, natural. to get it, and probably our demographics are no different than that. So the union has been uh, active in educating um, the members about the about the vaccine. So we send out uh, text blasts, email blasts, videos. Uh, we have videos that we translate into many languages to learn about the vaccine so they become more familiar uh, with the vaccine uh, and thus more comfortable uh, with it. The union stance has been that we'd rather educate about the vaccine than mandate, you know, that, that they have to take it. Um, in terms of receiving uh, phone calls, emails every day. I would say the majority, uh, because of the work that we do, the ma large majority of our workforce uh, want access to the to the vaccine, um, and they're frustrated. They're frustrated because yeah. uh, they can't get it. Sure. So we've been very uh, very effective with working with the New York City Department of Health and getting our uh, members access uh, to it. We have the city has allocated. Uh, the vaccine and appointment certain time slots every day at certain locations uh, throughout the city. Uh, we have we have a location in the Bronx, a location in Queens, and a location in Brooklyn, where our aides for for our home health care workers exclusively uh, they could go to. So we've been working with the members that call. We've been working with uh, the agencies that are participating employers in you know just getting the names uh their emails and confirming appointments you know just working on the schedule uh with that uh unfortunately uh what we're going through in new york the snow has yeah. delayed 
yeah. some shipments. Uh, so the, the one of the most recent locations, the Martin Van Buren uh, High School location, which was supposed to open up yesterday, won't open up until Sunday. But uh, we're getting people in there every day. Uh, our Bronx location is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, place that we're working uh, with our members to get in there. And is that an internal operation or is that being run by the city or the state? Um, well, it's, well, it's both. Those are city locations that, uh, just with me calling the department of health and, and saying we, our members need it. Our members need to get in there. Okay. Uh, it is just, you know, they're frustrated. Um, you know, they can't go through, uh, the website, you know, they have limited, uh, these people have limited access to a computer. Um, and they listen to the credit of, of the city. They listen to us. And they gave us guaranteed wow. uh, appointments each day. So that, wow. that was a big win uh, for, for our membership. That's great. Internally, you know, uh, so I get the time slots and then, in, you know, the union uh, will arrange it um, and we contact the, the members, you know, uh, and get and get them in there. So it's it's been a, a cooperation between the agencies, us and the city. That's great. Um, so now kind of looking uh, ahead, I guess, you know, post-pandemic what uh what are you most looking forward to was there anything before this happened that you guys were working on that you're looking forward to continuing or are there any uh you know new initiatives that uh are being talked about that might get underway uh once this ship has has sailed well part of it Part of it is still linked to to COVID, where what are the long term uh, you know goals of distribution uh, of the vaccine? You know, is this going to be uh, a flu shot? Is this you know that once year right. everyone and there, and there's a lot that nobody knows uh, about it. We do see our home health care workers as part of the solution uh, to that. You know, helping. You know, how does the elderly you know, who, you know, have a hard time leaving the house, how do they get to uh, these vaccination sites? So are we going to be a part of it? I mean, right now, refrigeration is an issue right. at our whole home health age. You know, you, you can't take the you can't take the uh, the vaccine to to the patient right now. The, pa the patient has to go to a to a clinic. But hopefully in the future with new vaccines coming out that we are going to be a part of it and part of the distribution of it to get it into the people who need it the most, the, the infirm and, and, and the elderly. So we see ourselves as part uh, of that for the public and as well uh, for new home health care, home health care aides coming in. Um, the clinics that the union uses to uh, you know, for primary care and for our aides to get their annual physicals and certifications. We also got help them to get certified uh, by the city to be vaccination uh, okay. sites. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start to vaccinate ourselves uh, at our own clinics. And those clinics could also be used for the, for the general public. So, you know, refrigeration is an issue, but we see ourselves you know, being part of it, I have the distribution on an annual basis uh, of the vaccine. 
you know, if there's anything uh, that's good that's coming out of this, you know, terrible, you know, pandemic is that it has, uh, you know, shown a light on many of the frontline workers, uh, including uh, home health care. So hopefully we use this, uh, you know, as an opportunity to show how essential we are um, and we are part of, you know, the fabric uh, of the community. You know, we're taking care of everyone's families, you know, you know that's out there. Um, and we deserve to be compensated. And this is part of the future. I mean, New York State has the fourth largest uh, elderly population um, in the country. And, and, and it's only going to, to grow. We see by uh, 2030 that home health care will be one of the largest, uh, the largest careers, you know, in, in the nation. So we're only we're, we're only growing and we need the funds, you know, to uh, to sustain that. Joe, I was going to ask you to uh, give us your final thoughts, but I'm pretty sure that last part is uh, is a perfect way to to end this conversation, unless you uh, unless you do have something to add. Just want to thank you for your time today. Yeah, yeah no, thank you. I, I think this was a, a great conversation, and uh, we will uh, hopefully speak to you again after this uh, pandemic ends, so that we could talk about. Uh, you know, what comes next? Yes. All, All right, right Joe. Thank you, for your time. Thank you very much. Well. All right, you too. Thank you.